Hello, it's Caroline. I'm just here to tell you that this episode that you're about to listen to was recorded during a time when I still used Patreon. I do not use Patreon anymore, but you can find helpful resources by going to thefuckadiet.com slash more. You can also read the beginning of the Fuck a Diet book for free from my site. Lastly, this podcast is extremely messy. And it was actually intentionally messy and unstructured because that was the only way I could inspire myself to start and continue this podcast. I needed the lowest stakes possible. And though this podcast remains very low budget and has remained messy throughout the years until now, if you want slightly more structured and streamlined episodes, listen to the more recent episodes. All right, enjoy. Welcome to the Fuck a Diet podcast. My name is Caroline Dooner. I just ran up the stairs, so I'm really exhausted. I don't know why I hit record right away. My name is Caroline Dooner, and I am your disorganized and unprofessional podcast host. I'm also the author of the Fuck a Diet book, which is less disorganized and less unprofessional, but still slightly unprofessional because... As you may have noticed, I'm trying to set the tone. I'm trying to set the tone with the curse word, okay? Welcome. Here, we talk about disordered eating and diet culture and how to give less fucks and be happy and still slightly kind. Um, But I have a new structure for you, and it's something that I have landed on over the past couple episodes. It's a, hi, hello, what's going on? Then I read a listener email. The listener email is to hook you so you immediately have something helpful to listen to. Then I bring you a word from our sponsor. Or if I don't have a sponsor that week, I like whore myself out, okay? Then I share a conversation with someone. And if I don't have a conversation with someone that week, then I share a new blog post or something that I think will be tangible, a tangible takeaway, something, something that's like helpful content maybe, right? Then finally, once I've already given you the content that you need, I ramble. And then the people who don't like that part can just turn it off there. Ah, it feels good. Okay. So that's my plan for today and for the rest of my life, or at least for the rest of this year, or at least for the rest of, couldn't think of anything. So it's either a year, the rest of my life, we'll figure it out. This is the deal with the podcast listener email. I'm asking everyone who's out there who's been doing the fuck it diet for a year-ish, like I want there to be some solid time under your belt on the fuck it diet. If you have a positive story, a success story, an inspirational story, anything that you think will help people who are just starting out, who will help kind of um, explain what it was like or explain your doubts and fears while you're going through it, that could help people to keep going. I would love to get your emails. So if you could email me. Now I'm changing this, okay? I am changing this. I used to give a different email, but now just for organizational purposes, please email podcast at carolinedooner.com. Yes, that is podcast at carolinedooner.com with your success stories because I think it helps people so much. So without further ado, here is your podcast success story. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Um, Put podcast in the, uh, I guess that's stupid. No, that was before. Okay, yeah, no, 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 no. Just ignore everything I said. Okay, so this is from Ruth. She said, thank you for all your hard work promoting this way of life. Oh my gosh, you're welcome. I stopped restricting July 2019 after listening to your book several times. Many other people helped me along and led me to your book. I'd read Intuitive Eating a few years ago, but thought it was a diet that didn't work. Your chapter on shitty food was most needed. That's in my book. I am 51 and have been dieting since college. This process has also helped me to see my privilege. 
I have money and insurance to buy clothing, food, and go to therapy. I understand not everyone has that. Oh, Ruth, that's beautiful. Um, okay, then she says, here are some things that worked for me and some hopeful results. One, my crucial first step was to stop weighing myself even while I was still restricting. Two, once the weight gain started, I would not have survived without a health at every size psychotherapist. Holy shit, my therapist has been my lifeline. Therapy through this process is incredibly hard, but so needed. For some reason, this process brings up tons of unresolved trauma and shit that we have all buried deep down. Better to be prepared, even if you don't think you need a therapist. I co-sign that. I think that that is such important, um, such important advice. And the truth is, most of us, if not all of us, are dieting and hating ourselves and trying to change our bodies and trying to kind of like numb with dieting or numb with starvation or, you know, distract with the highs and lows of the roller coaster of the binge repent cycle because of deeper stuff that's going on. Like there's, there's almost always a lot of stuff that's actually causing this and perpetuating it and the dieting and the weight loss and the the perfectionism and the attempts to perfect the way we look or feel some control is actually just a symptom so there's always going to be more to work through and it's one of the reasons that I have the emotional section and the and the belief section in the book but again those are just starters okay Number three, during the weight gain, buying clothes that fit is crucial. Often getting ready in the morning was the most stressful. I went to a moderately upscale used clothing store to buy clothes when I needed them. Looking at my other clothes as my quote unquote sick clothes helped me let go of the wardrobe I had. Also seeing it as a new opportunity to try new styles, etc. I've never had to redo, redo my whole wardrobe at the same time. Four, I've gone up two pant sizes and the body changes seem to have stabilized. At first, it seemed like I would never stop eating and never stop growing out of my clothes. My body may change again and I may not stay this size. That's good awareness to have. And that's actually really, um, that that's a really kind of um, supportive way to look at it, like for yourself to understand that it feels like it's calmed down, but you will still accept and expect future changes because nothing ever stays the same. Okay. Five, internalized fat phobia is a horrible, sneaky bastard. (laughs) And I will never be done working on it. One day my hair was not turning out well. My My internal voice was like, well, you could lose some weight and look better. Fuck off, inner fat phobe. Besides, that's just stupid. Also, mental restriction is my nemesis, but I am vigilant talk about mental restriction in the book too I also talk about in the podcast I don't know why I'm saying that okay six Ritz crackers and Oreos are goddamn delicious also scones seven eating some of the foods I have not allowed myself in decades has brought back a lot of warm memories of my childhood eight to a point my goal is to neutralize food obviously food is still to be enjoyed see number six but in the which is the one about oreos and ritz crackers and scones but in the past a lot of the joy quote unquote was because it was bad or forbidden yes you can neutralize food and still feel joy over food that's kind of like a distinction that i think is important to make because a lot of people hear me talk about neutralizing food and think well i still want to love food and the purpose is not to like be a robot and not care about food at all the purpose is to just have food lose its charge and power over you essentially like it's extreme power over you it's supposed to have a little power over you we need it to survive hello okay nine this past christmas i allowed myself to eat and i'm pretty sure i ended up eating less than in the in years past because i now allow myself to eat every day and she ends the email by saying I still feel like I'm struggling, but the only way forward is through. So this is also someone who's been not doing this for a year, which is also why I do ask for generally a year, though I love this email and I thought it was really specific, tangible advice and 
tangible experience, specific experience. Um, so I do love this email. And of course, you know, this is especially like, think Ruth is 51 and she's been dieting since college. So that's 30 years at least. Um, it takes time. It takes time physically. It takes time mentally. It takes time emotionally. And we live in a culture that makes it fucking difficult. So it makes sense to, to struggle and for it to be a journey that takes years, honestly. I mean, I really think that it does. It did for me. It does for lots of people. A lot of the food drama goes away in a couple months, but a lot of the body image drama, let's just keep be consistent there, um, remains and is something that I kind of feel like we cycle through. Like there are times when you may feel better and then you may come across a triggering incident or something that makes you feel like you backslid or maybe you get to another deeper level level of healing and it takes time. And then she said, thanks again. You are very appreciated, Ruthie. And then she also said, resources that helped me. Your book and podcast. Christy Harrison's book and podcast. Burnout by Emily Nagoski and Amelia Nagoski. I don't know if it's Nagoski or Nagoski, but I have been wanting to read that book and I cannot believe that I haven't. Maybe I'll buy it on audiobook and listen. I'm really into audiobooks these days because I can pretend it's a podcast and like listen to it when I'm walking my dog. Happy Fat by Sophie Hagen. Health at every size and intuitive eating. Thank you, Ruth, for sending that in. And if you yourself have anything you think would be helpful to be read on the podcast for the benefit of the other people who are listening and will help them on their journey, please send it to podcast at carolineduner.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. And now a time for a break for me to go eat lunch because I didn't plan out my day correctly. And now a word from our sponsors on theme today because Ruth talked about therapy in her email. Now, therapy is something that I should have started way before I did, and I felt really daunted by it for a couple reasons, and one of those reasons is that it felt too expensive. The other reason is that I didn't even realize I needed therapy, which I was wrong about, but the third is that I've, even the times when I did have an inkling that I should be getting help, I felt really overwhelmed. I didn't know how to find the right therapist for me. And even once I did start seeing a therapist, I went through two before I found the third who I really, really like. So I want to talk to you about BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online counseling, which means you can do all of it from your home, which you know, that's up my alley. You can get help on your own time, from your home, at your own pace, with a licensed counselor who is chosen for your specific needs. And you can schedule video or phone sessions. Plus, you will have unlimited access to chat and text with your therapist. The best part is, if you are not happy with your counselor for any reason, which does happen, you do have to find the right match for you. You can request a new one at any time, no additional charge. BetterHelp is affordable and convenient and, and financial aid is available to those who qualify. So if you have also been thinking about going to therapy or finding a new therapist, this is one of the easiest ways to get the help you deserve. Plus, my listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code TFID. Go to betterhelp.com slash TFID. And TFID stands for the fuck a diet, so you can remember it better. You fill out a simple questionnaire to help them assess your needs. And I recommend putting in the notes section that you would like a health at every size informed therapist and get matched with a counselor and start communicating in under 24 hours. That is betterhelp.com slash TFID. Don't worry, I know it doesn't sound like I went down to eat lunch because it sounds like I actually just went right into a commercial, but I have been recording this out of order, so I don't even really remember when I ate lunch, but I ate lunch. Okay, are you ready for the next section? My organized podcast? The first section, I said hello. The second section, I read an email. The third section, I shared better help with you. The fourth section is my conversation with Lauren Lavelle, who is a body-inclusive fitness instructor. And I know her through Larkin Silverman, 
who actually that might be her maiden name, but I know Larkin from high school theater. Um, and we sort of just kept in touch online through social media and she has recently opened up a very deliberately body inclusive fitness studio in Philadelphia called Lumos. You know, I've never asked her if Lumos is a Harry Potter reference, but if it is, fuck yeah. Um, anyway, it probably is. And we'll just pretend it is if it isn't, but I'm pretty sure that it is. And we were all Harry Potter theater nerds back then. Um, what else do I want to say? So in the show notes, I share all the links for you to find Lumos and find Larkin and find Lauren. So the conversation is with Lauren and she's one of the teachers at Lumos. And I think it'll be really nice to hear from someone who had their own issues with food in their body, who now has a really positive and supportive relationship with fitness, not only for themselves, but also is creating space for other people to have a safe environment to move their bodies and feel good and not feel like they are the odd one out or that they should be looking a different way in order to participate in class, which just makes no sense. So please enjoy my conversation with Lauren. I am a personal trainer. I'm, I have a certification. I'm a bar instructor and I also teach HIT classes. So high intensity interval training classes but I work with people in group fitness classes and online and in person to really do like, like you mentioned, body inclusive type movement and fitness. So none of my classes have, you know, earn to burn kind of feels to them. Like we don't go in with the idea that like, we're going to earn this cake or whatever kind of weird shit that happens. Um, (laughs) and we also like use, I use a lot of gender neutral terms and, you know, appropriate trauma informed terms in my classes to really get people into their bodies. And I think that that's, uh, it's one of the best jobs ever. It's exciting to see people really enjoying themselves. That's so needed. Like, it's such a shame that you, it really is such a niche thing to offer that, you know? Yeah, it's, it's crazy when you think about it and when you are online and that's, you know, most of the people, you know, I connect with a lot of different people in that community and it feels a lot bigger than it actually is because I have my little people online, but then outside of that, it really, it's not, it's kind of not that big of a thing where we are still being forced to go to classes where people talk about like burning calories or shaping our bodies in certain ways. And that's just not the reality behind why I wanted to be in fitness. I definitely suffered from an eating disorder and then back and forth between disordered eating and an eating disorder, which, you know, one of them is more commonly accepted. Disordered eating is dieting and diet culture. And then an eating disorder is actually like a clinical situation. Um, and my eating disorder, we talked about this a little bit, but like my eating disorder, really, I stopped engaging in diet culture in general when I realized that no matter how thin I got, I would never be white. And I know Mm -hmm. that sounds really crazy, but engaging with diet culture and all of those rules around body politics, my body as a black woman is never going to be really conforming to those things anyway. You know, we talk about fat phobia, we talk about all of that. um, But my body is always going to be policed and viewed in a different way. So I thought, well, why am I doing all this crazy stuff? Like, I'm never going to be, I'm never going to look like I thought that I should. And I know that you talk about that in your book, like thinking that we should look a certain way and really holding that up to the highest standard. Well, I was like, well, this is kind of pointless for me. And I started surrounding myself with people who were embracing how they look wherever they are in their journey. And I was like, well, I can still do fitness and look how, like, look how I want. Can't I? It was kind of like, can I still do fitness and look like this? And I answered my own question by getting certified and doing fitness while looking like this. It is healing for other people. It's amazing to be able to kind of like 
model that for people? Thank, thank goodness there's a ton of people doing this work now and doing this kind of um, labor dismantling, you know, around the politics of bodies and everything like that. But for me, it was a very personal journey as my family who I was raised with, my biological family, I am half black and half white, but my mother, who, you know, typically you model yourself after your mom, mm -hmm. um, daughters typically do that, but my mother is white and, mm. you know, the women who raised me and the women who were around me were, they just looked so different from me. And I thought that maybe somehow, some way, and I know it was not, it did feel logical, but it it's not always logical to have those feelings, but um, that I could be more like them. And I realized, right. you know, in my, in my early-ish to mid-20s that that was not going to be my reality. And they never really even asked for that. Right. I just wanted that, you know, because I thought that that was something that would make me better or closer to them. And, you know, realizing that my body was treated in a different way because of the way that I looked. Um, I, I felt that there was maybe some safety in that, but I just decided that I was done. I, you know, I was done playing it safe. I was done trying to be somebody else. And thankfully it was early enough in my life that I'm looking forward to enjoying the rest of my time as myself. And it, also felt so distracting and like so much of a burden to constantly be thinking about that when I was trying to get a job and pay off my student loans right. and do all the other things that you're doing at that point in your life. I was like, I, I really don't have time for this. I yeah. don't have time. So did you have your own sort of epiphany as we're calling it before you went into fitness or was that something that you were already already doing? Yeah. So I actually it, did not go to college for fitness. I worked a desk job for a couple years after college. It was a desk job in my, in my major and everything. It was lovely. It just wasn't for me because I felt like my life was being drained in that cubicle. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh sorry. yeah. I understand. <laughs> um, but I, I was still engaged. I was still working out when I was at my desk job. I was still doing all of that. And I realized it was the only time that I really just felt so connected to my body, so in my body. And then I started taking bar classes. And that's when I, that's kind of my second epiphany. The first epiphany was like, I'm dropping out of diet culture. And the second was like, why not be a teacher? And I struggled with getting certified and thinking like, am I contributing to diet culture by becoming a fitness instructor? But I really tried to change that around by saying, no, like people come to my classes as they are, they move how they like. It's group fitness, but we don't all have to look exactly the same. It's more about the solidarity of working out next to someone and catching their glance and being like, are you dying? I'm dying. Okay, cool. Right, <laughs> right. Oh, I just... I think it's so, I think it's so fascinating. Do you have people in your class who, like, do you think that people seek you out because they know it's going to be a sort of a safe space? Or do you think that people discover that in the class? I'm sure it's, it's both, but how do Definitely you, both. yeah. How do you like yeah. foster that? I think that I, so I do shut down any kind of, negative body talk and diet talk in my classes that doesn't happen and sometimes i have to be obvious with shutting it down but most of the time i'm like all right here we go like because right. that is my classroom and i command that area so we're not gonna do that and that's i don't want to it's not okay but it's okay because not everyone is where i am in that yeah. kind of situation and not yeah. everyone but there are some people who are just trying to get out of that and talking about that kind of stuff can be really triggering or it can make them, you know, feel like they're doing something wrong. And so we try to really cut that off in my classes, but I think it's definitely a combination. Some people come to my class and they, I don't know if they have any idea that they're getting like a body positive weight neutral class. They're just they're right. getting a the class. Yeah. You know? But 
a lot of people do. I have regulars who stick with me and I do think that part of that is because they are here for it. You know, people really struggle with this, especially, you know, I do encourage people to take a little rest in the beginning, especially if they've been like super over exercising and super under eating. Um, but then when people want to get back into fitness, they're really afraid that it's going to be triggering and that they're going to sort of approach it with a diet and weight loss mentality, or at least a weight loss mentality. Um, and they ask me all the time. And I'm honestly, you know, I, I'm not an expert on anything fitness. I just sort of have tried to figure out what works for me and what makes me feel good and what makes me you know, how to sort of switch the, the dialogue in my brain from, you know, burning and, and losing weight and like toning to strengthening and stretching and feeling alive. Um, do you have any advice for people who want, who like want to kind of be re-embodied and who want to, want to be careful not to be doing it for quote unquote, the wrong reason. Yeah. If they're encountering those situations where they are either in a class or meeting with a potential trainer and they have, they're using language around diets or, you know, or if a trainer or your fitness instructor tries to tell you how you should eat, like get out, it's mm. time to leave. Yeah. And I know that it sounds a little grim, but if your instructor is not a certified dietitian and you haven't asked for this advice, they shouldn't be going out of their way to try to give you both fitness and nutrition advice. That's yes. I don't give anyone nutrition advice except for telling my classes to make sure that they fuel themselves and drink some water and have a good day after they walk out, like especially my early morning classes. Make sure you guys go get some fuel. But yeah. other than that, so when you're first getting back into fitness, I I did not take a step back from fitness even when I was recovering from my eating disorder and everything because that wasn't necessarily where I was latching on to things. So I didn't right. really have a negative connotation with that. So that's good because I kept my love for that. But yeah, I that's so great. But trying out different places and also, you know, going online and trying to find those communities, there's great hashtags you can follow. There's great communities that you can follow that maybe they're not necessarily in your city, but they have an online program you can join or any connections in another city, I think is really useful because even saying to go like, oh, just work out from home so much of the stuff like that's free on YouTube is always shaping your waist or toning I your know. arms. And I'm like, Oh my God, can't I just like find a home workout that's going to take me 15 minutes? Like I know workout. <laughs> I don't need a specific thing fixed. Like I just want to move. And yes, I think that it's still, you know, it can be scary to navigate those waters, but finding people to connect with or like a studio like Lumos that has really their, their vision is based in creating a community around joyful movement and intuitive exercise instead of the punishing workouts that we've often gotten ourselves into. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's amazing advice. And I, you know, there, when I found, I have a personal trainer now who I love so much and I found him through Melissa Fabello, who. I don't know if you know who she is, but she writes a lot about body politics and she lives in Philadelphia and uh, she, she recommend, she said, he's awesome. He, he gets it. He does not talk about weight. He does not talk about weight loss. He does not talk about food. He's like, he, he, he's great. Right. Um, but yet now I'm going to this gym where I get emails from them that are like about losing weight and about nutrition and there are the a challenge. lot of you're like yes oh, exactly like the new year's challenge there's even like a before and after picture uh like on a little poster as you walk in and i feel lucky that at this point eight years into my anti-diet journey i can ignore those things i can and i do i expect them like i I haven't fooled myself that somehow we live in, you know, a world that understands 
what I need, you know? Um, so I, you know, but it's taken me a really long time. I didn't, I, I would go to yoga studios and I found that to be, you know, a little bit more holistic than, than the gym energy, but it took me a really, really, really long time to even be willing to set foot in a gym. And even still, I like need my, <laughs> I need my person who's going to kind of like be the buffer there. Um, but yeah, but I think in the beginning, it's so important to, to have the support and, and people around you who are able to reframe exercise as, as a life affirming thing, which is something that you're doing for people. Yeah, I, there's a lot of emotion around moving your body, whether or not you feel like you've come out of the other side of diet culture or not, if you're still right. engaging with that, moving your body and getting into your body can be extremely emotional. And I think that that's another part of my job that's been really fulfilling because I get to, well, it's a lot, you know, it's a lot of work to <laughs> absorb yeah. all that energy and absorb those emotions. I get to be that buffer for people and kind of that, also that guide back into like, hey, you know, you're allowed to like this without thinking that you're going to get some result from it. And that's, that's okay. You can just come to class because you want to come to class. And cause I do uh, 45 minutes of stand up comedy while you're working out <laughs> group fitness. It's not, you don't become a group and become the same person. Everyone's allowed to come in with their individual bodies and their individual stories. So knowing that you're balancing as a teacher, you're balancing all those personalities and as a participant in class that you have autonomy and you are still allowed to leave. Like you're allowed to leave in the middle of class. I don't, I know that sounds crazy to tell No, people, it's not but. crazy. It's like the most liberating thing. I feel like so many poor people would go to classes if they, if they knew that and if they believed that. Like I feel like people think that they have to be performing in class or something. You know what yeah, I mean? And yeah, there's totally that element of, like you said, a buffer, but also a motivational community where you come and you're like, okay, X, Y, and Z are here. And I always, you know, we always come to class together and it feels great to work out together. But there's also that comparison trap of like, oh, should I be doing more? Should I do right. this? I constantly try to give people an out where I'm like, if you don't want to do this, you can do this, this, that, or you can stretch or you can leave or you can, right. you know, you can right. sip on some water. And I hope that that comes across in my classes. And I think it does, you know, I've had people say, oh, I feel more comfortable. Is it okay if I place my mat here in class? I feel more comfortable near the door or not by the door or whatever, mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And you know, just knowing that even though it's a group class, you can still bring some of that individuality into the class and really be yourself and stay, as they say in yoga, on your mat. But in my yeah. classes, you're up and down off your mat, rolling around and at the bar sometimes. But, you know, being your own individual person in a group fitness setting. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And I'm just thinking now, like I've been to, an, like, I think I've, oh, I know I've had a yoga teacher say, at, you know, at the beginning of the class that, you know, this is your practice. You can take any modifications you want. You can take a rest in child's pose whenever you want. And then when we were doing this like squat series, they were like, we're not moving on until these people stay in their squat. And I was like, what the oh fuck? God. Remember like, what you wait, said what at the beginning? <laughs> and I was like, wait, so, so, so what, do you not mean it? Like, I, I definitely carry that with me of like, oh no, like, even if they say that I can like take a break, I can't really take a break and I might get, you know, like it's it, the power of the tone that you set in, in a class, like really can affect people, especially people who find it scary to, to go to an exercise class. Yeah. And I mean, I still, I still find it scary to go to an exercise class sometimes because mm -hmm. as an instructor, number one, I feel like there are sometimes like eyes on me where like people know I'm another instructor. So should I be pushing myself harder? Because, mm. you know, people, will people take me seriously because my body already doesn't look like this, that, and the other. And I already, you know, whatever, all the things that come up, all the insecurities. So right. should I push myself? And also 
because I do know my body and because I know other people's body. And sometimes it's hard for me to stand there and watch other people throw themselves around and throw themselves into a workout just for the sake of saying that they did 25 burpees in 30 seconds or whatever. Oh yeah. No, you have like so much awareness that it's hard. That's how I feel when I watch uh, a musical. (laughs) (laughs) I went to school for musical theater and I can't just go and enjoy a show. It's like a labor for me. I'm like, I spend the whole time, like not just able to sit back. I, I'm just imagining. Count off. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I'm like, Oh my God, they, they're, they're horse today. And then I'm stressed for them. It's a whole thing. I can't just like enjoy. a second grade play. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Oh my God, Lauren, this has been amazing. I'm, I think that it's going to be really, really wonderful for people to hear this and they can absolutely take so many nuggets of wisdom from this and apply it to their own lives. And if they're in Philly, which I'm sure a lot of people are, they can, they can find you and they can take your class. Yes, they can take my class. They should all take my class. Can you let us know where to find you online and in real life? Yes. So online, I'm at Lauren Lavelle Fitness. Lavelle is spelled like leave with two L's at the end. So it's L-E-A-V-E-L-L Fitness. Uh, Lauren is spelled the normal way. And (laughs) L-A-U-R-E-N. And in real life, you can find me. I teach at a studio in Mount Airy, in the Mount Airy section of Philly. Um, So that's why to be fit. I teach bar there. And if you're looking to do bar or hit in the city, I'm at Lumos, which is in Fairmount. And, you know, provide, I will provide all the links and all the things for you. So yes. Yeah. I'll be sharing them in the show notes. So anyone who's listening can, can check that out and I'll link to Lumos and I'll also link to Larkin and her on social media too. Um, For sure. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lauren. Yes. Thanks for having me. I was really excited to be able to talk to you today. That's the conversation with Lauren. Please go into the show notes and find all the links to find her. Guys, I really, I've been sitting at my computer doing this for such a long time because I had to edit that conversation so much because I really am not a good interviewer. Like, I'm really not. There are times when I am. There are times when I am. And I do think it's, uh... I do think it's when I get in my head, I start tripping up over the things that I'm asking. So there were times in that interview that I asked a question and it took like five minutes to ask the question because I kept on like answering my own question and like going on and on and on and on. And I just, (laughs) I basically just cut out my question or I like cut out most of my question. And sometimes I just splice things that she said together and cut out my questions altogether because they were so long-winded as you may imagine there are times when I'm okay at it but when I'm bad and then it's this thing that feeds itself because when I'm bad then I and it's usually with people that I don't know right like I've never met Lauren before um she's so lovely and she's so like she was so great to talk to and she had so many amazing things to say but as as soon as I ask the first like long-winded question where I like trail off and I'm like what am I even saying then I'm in my head like the next time I ask the question so it sort of feeds itself in this like weird anxious way um the only thing that calms me down is that I'm like I can edit this because honestly if you had had to listen to that you would have been like oh god jeez Caroline and it would have been difficult to listen to painful even um, so thank you, Lauren, for putting up with me. Um, I, I just edited out all of my, my long-winded questions. And see, when I when I'm rambling by myself, it just um, no one gets hurt except you, <laughs> the listener. But you can just turn it off, you know. Okay, so there are lots of things that I want to say. Um, this is the rambling corner. So we've gotten through all of the bulk of the podcast, right? We've gotten through the hello, the podcast listener email, the word from our sponsor, the chat with Lauren or the chat with the guest or the, you know, the subject du jour. And now we're into ramble town. So 
if you don't like Rambleton, goodbye. I love you very much. And if you do, or if you're walking and you have gloves on and you can't turn off your phone, I'm just, here we are. We're together. Um, okay, so something that I have been wanting to address ever since I said it, I'm trying to think how long ago it would have been. It would have been like almost a year ago that I said on one of the podcast episodes that I was diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease. And I cannot believe that I have not updated because that's like a really intense thing. And I know that it's one of, it's one of those diseases that like half of the world doesn't even think exists and that is really hard to diagnose and is, um, can have like devastating effects on your body and lots of chronic pain and lots of exhaustion lots of other problems, immune problems. Um, it can be really, really debilitating. And I have spent a lot of time over the past couple of years feeling really awful, like really, really, really bad. Major headaches, major exhaustion, like weird liver pain, um, chronic fevers that I don't have anymore, thank God. And I do not have chronic Lyme. So the next time I went back to the doctor, he basically was like, you know what, I think that was a misdiagnosis. And so almost immediately, so I went through one month of my life being like, oh my God, I can't believe it. I have Lyme. This explains everything. I was like, this explains why I am so sensitive to smells. I'm so sensitive to smells. Um, that literally like two days after I was diagnosed, I was like, why am I so sensitive to smells? And I looked it up and it was like, pregnancy or Lyme disease. And I was like, oh my God. So like for a couple of days, I was like, everything makes sense. But then I went back and he was like, you know what? No, you don't have Lyme. You have chronic Epstein-Barr. And he treated me. Now, again, he's an MD, but he does a lot of alternative stuff. He's also an acupuncturist, blah, blah. He does a lot of um, low-dose immunotherapy and lots of other things. And I was just so tired. I was just so tired and I was just so over everything that I was like, just, you know, whatever. Just tell me what I have and treat me. But basically, so I had chronic Epstein-Barr, which can cause a lot of liver, liver inflammation, which I definitely had. It's one of the reasons why alcohol is so hard for me to drink and so hard on my body. Um... And it also explains the chronic fevers and the exhaustion. But I feel a lot better. Like, I really do. Um, he also treated me, I forget whether I shared this, but he treated me um, for parasites, like with a drug. And I had been trying to treat parasites, and I was literally seeing them. It's disgusting. But for like a year and a half with herbs, I was like, I can do this with herbs. Like I was getting a little like wellnessy weird. Like I can do this with like mother nature's plants, but it never ended and it was horrible. And I had headaches all the time. And, um, anyway, he gave me a parasite drug. I think I did share this, but it's been like almost a year. So it's, I kind of forget what I've shared and what I haven't, but yeah, I think I did share that. But yeah, so that helped a lot. And then other like specific stuff for Epstein-Barr, which again, it's all about, I don't really understand and I'm not your doctor and I and I don't know how to like help you or treat you except that chronic health is like a crazy, weird, difficult thing. But I haven't been talking about it on here for a long time because, well, first of all, I went on a hiatus. But second of all, I've been feeling a lot better. I have more energy. I do not get the migraines that I was getting like twice a week. Um, and so for the time being, but again, I think with this kind of a thing with a chronic virus thing, it's like, I think, you know, we all have viruses in our bodies, right? So it's when there are flare ups and anyone who's had mono has Epstein-Barr it's just a matter of like is it an active situation I don't know this this has been my experience and I'm sure there are lots of people who are listening to this who are like this is bullshit but it I don't know what to say except that this is what I experienced and I don't have Lyme disease thank god though I still am really sensitive to smells and I'm not pregnant and I don't know why I mean I know why I'm not <laughs> I know why I'm not pregnant but I don't know why 
I am so sensitive to smells. And when I say sensitive to smells, I mean if I get into like, okay, if I go to my friend's house and she sprays her, um, her dry shampoo, I like have to leave because it, it like, it's becomes harder for me to breathe is so strong to me in a way that it just isn't strong for other people. And I don't understand why I don't know what the reason is, but, and I wasn't always like this. It's kind of been this way for the past, maybe five, seven, I don't know how many years. Um, if I get into an Uber or, or a Lyft and they have like really strong air fresheners in there, which so many of them do. And apparently if you work for Uber, you sign something where you say you won't have air fresheners in there because people are, so I'm not allergic. I don't think I'm allergic to it. I just like hate it and feel really, um, I feel like it's really hard to breathe. Like it, it's really strong. To, it's so strong to me that it's, um, it's really distracting and it's hot. Like it kind of like overwhelms all of my senses and I can't pay attention to anything else cause it's so strong. Um, so that, and then that stays like that stays on my coat. And so, and because I smell it so strongly and there are other things like last year, um, my, I have this really annoying heater cause I have this tiny, tiny little house that it's like a, I forget what it's called. It's like a, combustion something where like it's basically like a car exhaust pipe in my tiny little back patio I live in the city so in the winter it smells like gas outside of my house like when I go out to let my dog out and it makes it drives me nuts just because it's so strong to me and for a while I was worried that something was wrong but now I'm like oh, it's my fucking heater and I, at first I thought that there was something wrong with the heater, but that's just the way that it's supposed to be because it's like burning like a, like a car would or something. But I pointed it out to my neighbor and he was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I was like, what the fuck? It was like I was bitten by a radioactive spider that like makes me smell smells like I'm a fucking dog. Like what the hell? What other things really overwhelm me? Oh my God. Oh my God. People's laundry detergent and like people's dryer sheets Uh, there are some I have another neighbor who when they get close to me like when they come within feet of me I like I've never said anything to them because I don't I'm not like close enough to them to to be like I can't breathe when I'm around you but I don't know what it is I don't I think it's because they use a certain laundry detergent or certain dryer sheets and and because it's like so so like noxious and so strong it like gets on everything like their dog smells like it they their clothes smell like it I and they are so nice and they're like we'll watch Molly anytime but the one time they watched Molly she came back smelling like it and like my entire house smelled like it I don't know what it is I don't know what the you know the dry I need to use like laundry detergent that's like free and clear like no unscented or like essential oil lavender scent um, oh, here's Molly. She's, she, should we go for a walk, Molly? I finally updated everybody that I don't have Lyme disease. I, I literally have been writing it down in my notes um, for months. I've been like, I need to, <laughs> I need to update that because I just sort of like dropped that. I was like, I've been diagnosed. I have Lyme disease. It explains everything. Now, Epstein-Barr has a lot of overlapping things with Lyme disease. Um exhaustion, immune stuff, liver stuff, whatever. But I think one of the things that is specific to Lyme disease, like one of the Lyme disease um, uh, symptoms is chronic pain, which luckily I do not experience. Um, Plus other things. I mean, they're both like, they both can be debilitating depending on, you know, what's going on. But anyway, I thought that was important to update. Okay, one last thing before I take Molly for a walk because the sun is setting, I've I've been sitting here for hours, is that I'm going to be running the Fuck a Diet Book Club, which is my community group program. It's eight weeks long. We use the book, my book, the Fuck a Diet, as the textbook. There are live calls with me, Q&A calls, access to other people in a community that's not Facebook. It's on Mighty Networks. It's really cool. Um, and it's going to be enrolling mid-April and running in May and June. And I am very, 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 very excited. The other cool thing about 
the book club at this point is that it's already run twice before, meaning there are a lot of people in there who are excited to go through again and have a little bit more time on the fuck it diet under their belt. So they're a really good resource as well. And I'm just really excited. Okay. It's working out. It's working out. They're happy people. I like them. I want you to join if you want to go through a group like this. This is a paid program. You can find out more details at thefuckadiet.com slash club and you can sign up for the wait list there too. The last thing is, remember how I used to talk about Patreon? Patreon this, Patreon that, go over to Patreon to ask questions. I used to use Patreon as a sort of community. It's not really a community. It's not a great community. But what it is, is a really great way for me to offer some bonuses to people who listen to the podcast. So as of right now, I'm reinstating Patreon, patreon.com slash Duner, And this is a place for you to ask questions for the podcast. Anyone who pledges, oh, sorry, Molly started eating her bone. I should have taken it away. I'm going to say this really quickly, okay? Patreon.com slash Duner is a place where you can ask questions for the podcast again at any level, even at $1. However, that doesn't mean that I'm going to answer them, <laughs> depending on how many there are. If there aren't that many, then I probably will get to answer them pretty soon. But at the $10 tier, that's where I'm going to be offering priority Q&As, so I will prioritize your question, and I'm going to be offering archives of old Q&As from old programs that I've run before, old archived blog posts, old archived podcast episodes. I have archived some older episodes, not all of them, but some of them. Um, So I'll be offering monthly, fun, cool content that should be really helpful, fun to listen to, and um, I hope that you take advantage of that if you want more content for $10 a month. I'm really sorry that Molly's biting her bone. It's annoying, but lucky for you, I'm going to stop recording now. So I'll talk to you soon. Podcasts are out every two weeks. I might change that. I might make it more frequent, but for now it's every two weeks. And if you want access to cool Q&As from old old programs that I used to run, go to patreon.com slash Duner and stay tuned for current programs that I run, Fuck a Diet Book Club. And um, if you want to ask questions for this podcast, go to Patreon. And if you want priority questions, meaning I prioritize your questions, then sign up for the $10 tier. Okay, goodbye. Love you guys.